Bill and Bob's bracket busting bonanza. Bill, we are back. We were previously here in 2019. We crushed. Uh, well, you didn't crush it that year. Some of us don't forget about you. But we had there was 15 winners in a bracket pool we did. One of them being me uh, and um, two of our friends who were avid listeners uh, also cashed in in that pool. I don't know if we're naming names, but uh, big time. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I did not. But that's because I, I chose the wrong year to pick Virginia. I had Virginia going all the way the year they lost in the first round, uh, and I just didn't see it happening last year. I did have I did have Purdue upsetting Virginia uh, in last year's tournament, and uh, boy, did that come close to uh, to winning that one. I also like Texas Tech. Those are my two good ones. All the rest of my picks. Stink. Yeah, yeah. This that type of pool, I think you get points per like upset and stuff like that. But even though you do want teams to move on, you pick up points uh, on the difference in um, in seeding. But Bill, uh, we will have four podcasts, one for each region. Uh, the regions are West, East, South, Miss West, uh, Gonzaga, Michigan, Baylor, Illinois. The four one seeds. Uh, this one is the West Regional Podcast for those listening. Uh, I'm looking at it. I'm not sure we have any specific uh, alumni from any of these universities here. Um, looking for Wildcat Nation, uh, any of those Big E schools that I'm sure we uh, and on uh, Vandy's. Did Vandy turn down an NIT invite? Uh, Vandy did not receive an NIT invite. Uh, are they turning down a CBI in, invite? <laughs> I don't even think we're we're in C- CBI. CBI is having a tournament. I actually think it's I think it's running Thanks. strictly out of South Florida. So you actually could probably get to a few games if you want. Huh. Um, but I think it was like real low level schools. I think like Army and stuff like that. Because what's what what would be worse than getting some of our young cadets sick by uh, sending them to meaningless basketball games? Yeah, and, perhaps. Although they're they're Army cadets. If if. The COVID takes down the 22-year-old uh, Army cadet. I'm, you know, I'm sure. not sure if that's if that if that guy's necessarily built for uh, for that. That is home. true. Um, just so people, listeners, know, because this is something that I I learned specifically last night. Um, the tournament starts on Friday. Okay, the play-in game. Technically well, Thursday. Playing games play-in are on game Thursday. Game. The round of 64 starts on Friday, round, and then the um, round of 32 is Saturday and Sunday. So, um, oh, no, no, sorry. No, no, no. The round of, of 64 is Friday and Saturday. The round of 32 is Sunday and Monday. Yes. Everything just basically That's correct, yes. We're running, we're running through Monday now, um, the four-day four slate. So, um Seems like overkill and probably screws up a bunch of things at a bunch of places. If the bars were open right now, they'd be very um, discombobulated. But it's, I'm actually interested to see how this goes because the Friday-Saturday start is not too bad. I, like every year on Sunday, I'm like dead by Sunday night. And this year, I'll still have some energy Sunday night. And then Monday is a little bit of a different day. So, you know, I probably will watch like three quarters of the games on Monday instead of all of them. And then uh, and maybe have some energy on Monday night. Yeah, uh, it's it will be it will be interesting that the, that the things do not quiet down where it's just like, all right, now I got to breather because it's going to 
I, the second week, is it going to switch to Thursday or is it going to go? Yes. Second week is the 27th and 28th of March. So very few days uh, off. Are the Sweet 16, the 29th and 30th. So, yeah. Well, I mean, it's no, just no, no. I'm just saying really. I'm it, just it, saying for the right. fans. Quick turnaround. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Once it gets going, that that's actually a, a real thing, because once it gets going, you have Tuesday, Wednesday off and then you're right back into it on Thursday. Basically, from Friday to um, the next Sunday that you have two days off without college. So hoops. big, uh, big upcoming week and a half, uh, at least to get the tournament going before there's a little bit of a, a break in rounds. Um, for the fans, uh, players obviously being in lockdown. Virginia, one of those teams that we're going to talk about here in this West region, uh, they are currently in lockdown until they travel on Friday because they had COVID during the ACC tournament. So uh, lot, uh, a lot for these kids to take in. Uh, I'm not sure the NCAA is too concerned about them just trying to bring in that money. So The, the overall number one seed, the Gonzaga Bulldogs, they will get a 16 play-in game. Gonzaga uh, will face either Norfolk State or Appalachian State. Uh, Winner of that will take on Oklahoma, Missouri, two teams that have been um, trending down as of late. Who are you taking in the Gonzaga game? Uh, You know, definitely uh, there's there's a lot here. There's a lot to to unpack. Uh, As far as 16 seeds, they are not the worst 16 seeds in this tournament. The Appalachian State coach has been all over the media for whatever reason. I don't know. But I, I was listening to – I was driving this morning, and I was—I have my SiriusXM on uh, whatever their college uh, sports channel is, and they were doing an interview with the App State coach. I saw him yesterday uh, before the uh, games during the afternoon. He was talking in, in between, like, the conference tournaments. He was talking to the guys on CBS – uh, seems like a really nice guy. He's going to get beat by 30. <laughs> yeah, Gonzaga. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to him against Norfolk State because maybe he can pick up a win. But, yeah, he's going to get beat I'm not sure I 30. caught a line on this game yet either. Um, but uh, I know one of the one games that I did see a line on was Baylor was favored by 26 over Hartford. Hartford, a, a 15 and 8 team. Um, who has gotten shellacked by several teams. Uh, they had gotten smoked, I think, earlier in the year by Villanova, so I think Baylor's going to crush them. But, yeah. yeah. I, it's an interesting thing. The 16 seeds, like, they, they, this is not going to be a, a game where it's a, a year where they're going to I, I don't see one it. seed again. But, um, but it, it is interesting to watch the 16 seeds um, play each other because I think the playing game for the 16 seeds is actually an advantage over um, over the, the 16 seeds that are coming in cold because if you if you watch the the games that 16 seeds that play in oftentimes they come out in that game and they're a little bit looser and a little bit more warmed up and they actually play better against the one seeds in the first half because they're they're just they've already got a game under their belt they've already got a win and they're playing with house money some of the 16 seeds who just come in and it's a one seed right away it's like all right this game's over and I, I don't have it in front of me, um, but just to kind of go with what you were just saying. The uh, Now, the tournament is based solely out of uh, Indiana, right? So the, the – the, it's Yes, everything's and every, in Yeah, and everything's kind of scattered around in the, in the burbs of Indianapolis or in the city. Some of 
There's some games in Hinkle yep. Fieldhouse, which is kind some, of cool if you've ever seen But Hoosiers. some of the early round games are in Lucas Oil, which is where the Elite Eight and the Final Four is. Now, we actually kind of saw it in some of the um, the conference tournaments this year that played in bigger um, bigger stadiums. I think like the Big uh, Big 12, I think, was playing in, in um, a very large stadium. But anyway... The sight lines are always tough. We see it in the national championship. Shooters don't always shoot that well, um, you know, with the sight lines there. And it and, and with less fans in the background, or I guess there's going to be some variation of fans, but um, not a full house. I'd be really curious if one of these teams, uh, like a higher seater, uh, sorry, a lower seater seated team, whether it's a one, a two, a three, or a four, comes out and just doesn't shoot the ball well and winds up in a more competitive game than they would have if they're in the. I don't know who's playing where, but there's there's going oh, to be some right. games in Lucas Oil in these. It could be a BYU. Yeah. Yeah. So it it's it's one of those things to keep an eye on. Um, that I would say if you're looking to bet specifically on something check to see where the games are if if you have one of those early games that's it, it like by the elite eight and in the final four you might get used to it or whatever an off game whatever but these early games in lucas oil it, it might even impact a um like a lesser school more because they're used to those tighter gyms or or, or whatever but um i could see a tight uh, a, a close game early somewhere in this in lucas oil stadium so i'd say it's tough looking at a bracket because everything just says Indianapolis on it. But I'd say check games before if you're a specific in-game ga- gambler or something like that because those games in Lucas Oil could get dicey um, since it's such a big arena. Yeah. An interesting thing I noticed about the West region is um, Gonzaga has actually played already this season against the 2, 3, and the 4 seed in the West region and mopped the floor with all – for them. sure, I, I uh, they right they played yes. they played uh, Iowa they beat Kansas early in the season and they beat Virginia they dropped almost hundred they dropped ninety nine on Virginia yeah this uh, it's very specifically we we've been all over Gonzaga um, and rightfully so I think I'm sure most people who have seen them play are are buying Gonzaga but this region I think plays out very well for them to just cruise right to the right into the Elite Eight and the Final Four. Yeah, I'm. I'm obviously. Uh, I'm not going to waver now. I'm. I'm 100% behind uh, Gonzaga winning this West region. I'm not even necessarily going to predict all the 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 winner of every single region, um, but uh, I, I think it's safe to say I I am predicting uh, <laughs> a Gonzaga uh, run to the Final Four here. I do think, and and we'll get to it as we get to the next team. Maybe as well just do it now. Um, I, I do think uh, Oklahoma is actually going to give Gonzaga the best game that they have, for, that they're going to get for a little while. Because Oklahoma, who I think will beat Missouri, is a very dangerous eight seed. Um, Watch them play in the Big 12 tournament. They were hampered uh, significantly by COVID during the year this year and, um, and have kind of fully recovered at this point in time and really have, have – I, I thought gave a, a really good performance in the Big 12 in a losing effort, but gave a really good performance in the Big 12 coming back against Kansas, I believe it was, right? Um, they were down uh, big in the first half and, and came all the way back, made a three-point yeah. game, just didn't have enough to um, to close it. But they've got some scorers and they've got some shooters. They're kind of actually remind me of a poor man's Gonzaga because they've, the, they've got a big man who's very similar to uh, – 
to Timmy, and they've got uh, um, another guy who's, who's similar to uh, Kispert, and that he's a uh, about a six foot six uh, or so shooter. Yeah, that's 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 Austin Reeves. Um, we have spoken about this in the past, where even though you have a guy like Timmy on Gonzaga, games are won and lost with guard play in in this tournament, and Austin Reeves certainly as a shooter uh, is somebody who can. Keep Gonzaga, uh, keep Oklahoma in game specifically. Could keep them into in a game against Gonzaga. I like it, Oklahoma to go by Missouri here. I think just Missouri doesn't have the offensive consistency that Oklahoma has, and I also like the fact that Oklahoma has a guy who I think can carry them through games in Reeves. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go so far as to say I think if Gonzaga loses in this region, it will be to Oklahoma. Um, the the forward I was talking about, uh, Brady Manack. Okay. Um, he's a senior. That's the other thing. A lot of these guys for Oklahoma are seniors and juniors up at the top. Reed Streller, Brady Manick, um, and um, as you already mentioned, uh, uh, Austin Reeves, all seniors. And they've got a bunch of juniors out there, too, uh, in the backcourt. So they're the kind of experienced team that could potentially give Gonzaga a game. And I actually expect them to give Gonzaga a pretty good game. And like I said – if Gonzaga loses, and I don't expect them to, if they lose in this region, I bet you it's to Oklahoma. Yeah, I I, I would agree with you there. I because I think the next pod, which we'll get into, um, certainly has some. All these teams have some sort of issues um, with. Uh, you have the five four or the four five rather is Virginia at four. They have their their own issues. Like I said on the right right after the intro the, the intro they have their their own COVID issues. And Creighton, um, they're just a unique team in the fact that they play four guards and they need to they, – they tend to be streaky shooters. Um, you know, we saw what happened against uh, Georgetown, a much larger team um, who kind of handled them very well at the end of uh, the Big East tournament after several games. Yeah, it actually made me – I was higher on Creighton before that game. You know, and I don't put every – I don't put a ton of, no. of, um, of, of weight into that one game. Because Creighton's had a great overall season, and they're capable of. of I mean, their the earlier games they won in the tournament, they won by thirty points uh, against uh, some some decent and some poor teams. Um, but uh, yeah, Virginia in the second round is not the best matchup for a team like Creighton. All right, so the next pod in this West region, uh, we just touched on it a little bit. We have Creighton going against the Unifor- University of California Santa Barbara. Uh, and then in the bottom half of it, we have Virginia and Ohio, the champions of the MAC. Uh, two potentially good games. UC Santa Barbara, a lot of people are high on. Great record coming in. I checked out their schedule, though, and my one issue with them is that um, I'm not seeing uh, them have, having played enough good teams. I think they got COVID uh, um, delayed and, and really just did play a ton of games this year. Um, so that's my issue with UC Santa Barbara. I know they're, they're a decent defensive team and, and actually in a similar mold to teams that could give Creighton trouble, but I'm going to take Creighton in this game. I'm going to go one further because I'm actually looking at Santa Barbara's schedule. I saw similar things. Actually, Jay Billis is one of the guys who um, I saw take um, Santa Barbara to beat Creighton. I think I think the thing with Creighton is if you're picking against them, it's probably just a pick against Creighton's personnel. Um, Creighton, like I said, runs that four guard lineup. They run very small. Um, 
at most, you're, I think the most height that they have, on, in, at least in their starting lineup, is 6'7". Um, they have a freshman seven-footer who comes off the bench. All their guys can shoot, obviously. But if you have some length and some height, um, you could get really give them sh- uh, some trouble. Santa Barbara, in particular, I see that they have a 6'9", 6'10", uh, who both guys in their rotation, at least. So if either of those guys are worth anything, um, maybe they give uh, Creighton some from toughness there. Uh, Creighton also, obviously, some issues with their own coach, whether guys are motivated to even play for McDermott or anything like that here. I think they just happen to run out of gas against Georgetown. I'm not necessarily yeah, concerned I don't about, think, I don't think I'm not concerned about motivation good. factors. But a pick against them, I think, is – picking Santa Barbara, I think, is more of a pick for Creighton than a pick uh, – it's a pick against Creighton more than a pick for Santa Barbara. Um, one more nugget on Santa Barbara that I'm seeing at their schedule – this is, and I could be wrong because they had two games against non-Division One opponents. They haven't played a game outside of California this year. Yeah, I know. Or well, unless Hawaii, they're one, unless right. ho, unless Hawaii. Yeah, I yeah, guess Hawaii, Hawaii was in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, but this was one of those conferences that did double games where they played Friday, Saturday, back to back against teams. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I, I mean, you're either a team that probably really benefits from that, or. You know, there, I'm sure there's team, plenty of teams who were just like, oh, man, these guys just kicked their ass last night, and then they come out and suck again. Um, but, yeah, they have not played – they haven't traveled, so I don't know how much that will affect it. I'm looking at their line, lineup. They've they, It's a mixed lineup of, of, of classes, senior, junior, a couple sophomores. So I, I'll be I, honest. Know. I don't think the travel thing is going to affect teams to, to the degree this year because they're all in the same place. They get in there early, and they're staying in the same place. Speaking of teams not getting there early, we have Virginia, who is not getting there until Friday, um, which is they're they're on COVID lockdown. I'd be very curious of what's going to happen over the next few days of whether they're actually like if they're on a true lockdown, are they not having team practices Are individual guys allowed to get into the gym and shoot? Um, you know, I, 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 there's a lot of factors in play there for Virginia. And I think it's something that we don't have all the information on just yet. Um, I, I had mentioned this to you um, off air, Virginia in particular, to me, it seemed that they've had so many close games this year that they really just lack the ability to blow people out. Now, some people might say, oh, well, Bob, they're normally a defensive team, which they are. But they're like when you look at Ken, the Ken Palm rankings, they're not the same defensive team that they've actually been over no, you know, during Tony years. Bennett's thing. And they also yeah, they 30, don't have the same types of uh, of consistent uh, scoring that they gotten from guards. Um, yep. I forget who what was the name of the white kid that, that Virginia had who had Kyle Kyle guy. Yeah, guy, and like a bunch of other people who hit just big shit, like a lot, a lot of big shots in the tournament uh, two years ago. They don't have those kind of guys this year, so it's a it's a different type of Virginia team. It's not they're not nearly as good, but um, but they are still a good defensive team. I I like them against Ohio. I, I know Ohio's a, kind of become a trendy pick. Ohio has some bad losses this year, some really bad losses. Um, they won their conference tournament. They wouldn't have I don't think gotten in otherwise. Yeah. The, it- the way the big thing here with Ohio is they have a true game player at the guard position in Jason Preston. Just had and and I think if you were watching or you caught any of the Mac games, this is a guy who just he came to play and for three nights um, he was incredible. Now they're 
They had been on a roll since mid-January. Their lone loss coming against Buffalo by double digits, and then that's who they wound up beating by 15 in the MAC uh, in the MAC final. Uh, but yeah, they do have they have enough bad losses on their schedule where you're like, mm, all right. But the one that the one game that actually does stand out was an early loss by two t- against Illinois. So. This is not a team that hasn't played anybody. Uh, Preston in that game in particular put up 31 um, against Illinois. So Preston, I think, could be one of those guys who we're hearing about um, after this, after that opening round game against Virginia. If 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 Ohio wins, you're going to absolutely Jason yeah. Preston's going to be pressed all over the paper. Uh, 17 and uh, points and seven assists a game. So everything's going to flow through him. My issue with that. Going against a team like Virginia is, and again, they're not the yep. same defensive team, but they're still a great defensive scheming team. And um, I don't think he has enough help. And he's the ball has to be in his hands almost all the time. But, I mean, it, we, he'd be an absolutely phenomenal player and phenomenal year. Shooting over 50% from the field, uh, over a 2-1 to one, uh, assist-to-turnover ratio, which for a guard with a ball in his hands as much as he has the ball in his hands is is uh, very impressive. And and one thing to really remember here is the, the big three guys on Virginia um, have 20 experience. They have their lead guard in Kehe Clark. Uh, when Virginia won the national championship, he was a, a key contributor as a freshman. Uh, Jay Huff is senior big man. He was a key contributor two years uh, two years ago as well uh, down low, a true a true seven footer at seven one, and their leading scorer um, is a Marquette transfer, Sam Hauser. He's a junior. Uh, he's he's a senior with tournament experience also. So Virginia uh, who's the kid, who's the again kid hit the buzzer beater to uh, send it into overtime against Purdue. Um, he's still on the team. The the he had the. Uh, um, uh, like bleach blonde hair. Um, I forget the I forget his uh, his name, but he's still on the team as well. The small the small, small guard. No, no, he's like a um, uh, kind of a, a lengthy forward. Oh no no no! Uh, that's uh, Dikite. Okay. Uh, no, he uh, he graduated last year. Yeah, I think that's going to be the and I think that's actually going to be the issue that some people who who fill out brackets and don't necessarily follow things. As closely, you might you might think somebody's still on the yeah, team and they're not. Uh, yeah, Dean Quinte was one of those guys who you would have hoped you would have came back. He was a, he, he was only a freshman or sophomore when they when he played on that team. I was assuming he was back. I forget. I got I got yeah guys no I, but uh, yeah yeah but uh, yeah he is he's he's gone. Um, and the other thing too is I, there's probably players in this tournament who came back and we don't even know about. Yeah, it, you know. The same thing as next year, next year's tournament. You're going to get guys who you thought graduated and they came back for their yeah, fifth. Yeah, because everybody gets another uh, year of eligibility. Next year's tournament is going to be wild because of that. Yeah, it would, it, these next the month of March into April will, is going to be very interesting across the college basketball landscape. Yeah. Um, the next the next pod down, uh, we have the six eleven game. We have UC, USC uh, and Evan Mobley. Uh, they get the winner of the 11 play-in game in Wichita State and Drake. Wichita State, one of those teams, uh, the last teams in. and at, Well, both of these teams are obviously last teams in. But Wichita State, I, in my mind, really one of those last teams in um, because there was some teams that outside on the bubble who I think wanted that spot, really felt that they deserved the spot more. And then in the 314 game, we have Kansas going against Eastern Washington. Yeah, and um, – and, uh... 
two teams with excellent records playing in, in the uh, playing game. I uh, we we discussed this a little bit uh, off air, but um, I'm actually a big fan of uh, of Drake and. Also, but I also do like Wichita, and I actually think this will be an 11-6 upset. I know you like USC, but um, I really think Drake and Drake is a particularly dangerous, dangerous team. I've watched Loyola Chicago play a bunch of times this year, and uh, their losses, the the most recent loss that they had was to Loyola Chicago um, in the finals of their conference tournament, but. You know, Drake was 20, Drake finished the year twenty five and three. Loyola Chicago finished at twenty three and four. Uh, both of those teams out of the Missouri Valley uh, Conference. I was happy to see Drake get a bid. I think they deserved a bid. I think twenty five and three playing against good teams, and I I, I think that they are legit. I'm actually going to pick Drake to beat Wichita State and then to go on and beat USC. So. I, I agree with you there um, as far as Drake. Um, th- four losses, two of them coming against a very legitimate, um, you know, top 10, top 15 team in, in Loyola, Chicago. So they have their losses um, should not be really counted too much against them. This is a team that can certainly um, can play and, and beat um, beat teams in this tournament. Uh, well, this is another interesting fact there. This is a team that the Missouri Valley was playing those back-to-back yes. games. Um, so whether that helps or hinders teams in this tournament, um, I think will be interesting too, because a lot of these big conference teams didn't play games in quite such quick succession. So if you're a team that lacks depth, like say, um, you know, Virginia, Creighton, Villanova all come to mind, that could hurt you. And Wichita State, um, you know, or or Drake in this game, I think, could knock off um, UFC for, for sure. Um, Wichita State um, certainly has some strong guard play uh, in their in their backcourt, um, and they they didn't ha- they don't have as many games as Drake. Um, but when I look at their losses, they have um, they lost a seven against uh, lost by seven at Houston. Um, they also have a win over Houston. So I think that kind of really you know. When you're looking, there's just not a whole big body of work well, on a lot of these teams. That's why I thought but, Wichita State deserved to make the tournament as well. Um, and and if Wichita State beats Drake, which, again, Houston, I think, is a, a very good team. We'll get to them on another uh, podcast. But um, if Wichita State beats Drake, this is going to be a great game. I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, I think either one of those teams is completely and perfectly capable of beating USA. USC, just to make the case um, for them, uh, Ken Palm, they're currently in the Ken, Ken Palm top 15, um, top 30 offensively, top 20 defensively. Um, they have one of the, they have um, two brothers, uh, one of the top freshmen in the country, and Evan Mobley, a true seven footer. His brother, Isaiah Mobley, 6'10. This team has a lot of length that can overwhelm uh, really any team. Um, but Again, they I mean they they have big wins um both in conference and then they've also had some bad losses too. I mean bad loss, I say bad loss, but losing to uh UConn, Colorado, those are all tournament teams. They lost uh, against Oregon State. They lost to, actually they lost to Colorado three uh three separate times. Um 
but they have some wins. I mean, they obviously they're they're seated here for for a reason, and they were obviously strong team out of the Pac-10 for a reason. Um, out of conference wins against BYU as well to go with it. So um, no slouch there. And like I said, it's just a ton of size that can sometimes overwhelm uh, some of these mid-major yeah, teams. Yeah, I mean, that's it's understandable. I agree with that. I think you've got a little bit more of a senior-laden team with the Wichita's and the Drakes. Um, so that, yep. that's always a factor sure. as well um, that I would that I would at least take into account. Um, but I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a good game, and I'm I'm really looking forward to the playing game because it'll tell me a lot about what uh, to expect in in uh, the first round of the tournament. I'll still call it the first round. I don't care. No, that's yeah, that's perfectly understandable. Uh, the Kansas game, Kansas. Eastern Washington. Um, I don't think this is an. I don't think this is an upset game here. Kansas, a team in the middle of the season, um, who were seemingly still trying to find their legs uh, since April. Oh, sorry, since February eighth, um, they've only lost one game um, at um, at Texas, and then they had to bow out. They were, which is why they didn't lose a game in the Big Twelve Conference. They had to bow out because of COVID. Um, but they're only lost since um, early February coming against Texas. Who yeah, and you, you uh, look at their losses this the year. It's Baylor, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and then they're all tournament teams. West Virginia, um, Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee actually gave them a drubbing. Gonzaga, obviously, early in the season. But <clears throat> like you said, toward the end of the season, they've really picked it up, and they've played incredibly well. They also have that big win against Baylor. Yeah, they've hit their – yeah, they've hit their stride. So though it's chalky, um, I like this Kansas team. I think they have the size in um, to to match up against USC if if USC does uh, get get by one of those uh, mid majors. I think they have the size there with uh, Mitch Lightfoot and, and and McCormack in the middle to yeah. Um, so I think we both like match Kansas up. Here. Um, and they do have yeah, and to and to move out of this pod into the Sweet Sixteen. Final pod in the. Um, Bottom half of the West region, we have the 7-10 game, Oregon out of the Pac-10 against uh, VCU, and then the number two seed of the Big Ten, Iowa, going against um, one of my former um, educational institutions, uh, Grand Canyon University. Uh, yes, coached so I got a team by, in the field. Coached I, by uh, recently, Thunder. recently fired Vanderbilt, uh, former Vanderbilt oh, coach, that's right. um, Bryce Drew. Who made the and, tournament? And the man in his who started first the first year with Grand Canyon. After um, and and in the meantime, Vanderbilt has had multiple losing seasons. Re- replaced uh, former NBA legend Thunder Dan Marley. Mm-hmm. That he did. Uh, all right, so Oregon. Um, let's see. I'm pulling him up. I had him bookmarked, and then Pac-12. It's an interesting thing because the Pac-12, I'm I'm not extraordinarily high on, um, which is probably one of the reasons why I liked uh, the Wichita State Drake matchup against USC. Uh, I feel the same way as concerns um, Oregon. I I, I like VCU. It's not really an upset if it's a 7-10 game. I think if you look at the history of the tournament, I think. 10 teams actually have a winning record against seven teams. If you look at the entire history of, uh, of all the games, but um, yeah, VCU is a VCU is a legitimately good team. Um, they lost in the uh, finals of 
the Atlantic 10 tournament to St. Bonaventure's. And uh, as we'll get to in another podcast and we cover the East, I love St. Bonaventure's, so I don't really um, knock Virginia Commonwealth for that loss. Um, I think they're a good team. They've still got some of that Shaka Smart um, toughness. And for whatever reason, the, the Shaka Smart um, press type team works better as a mid-major, it seems, than it does as a uh, major conference team. Yeah, and and the thing to hear with VCU is they actually have the A10. I could be wrong, but the A10 player of the year, I think, in Nishan Highland, um, who, um, and and I'm with you on on the Saint Bonas Saint uh, Saint Bonas. Yeah, I, I, I love think the they Bonnies. are a legit team. Uh, yeah, the Bonnies are to be feared. Um, Nishan Highland, uh, 21 points uh, in that in that finale uh, to go along with. Um, Oh, he was eleven and twelve from the line to assist. Um, but yeah, he's he's a legit playmaker at the guard position. Uh, Oregon is, you know, over the past few years, they've they've had some go to scores, um, and uh, in like a guy like Dylan Brooks, um, they had uh, oh man, there was the uh, uh, Tyler Dorsey, two guys who are, are kind of. And Oregon, Dorsey and Oregon might not if you remember, be, but... made a run, uh, you know, not, not within yes. the last 10 years, made a run to the Final Four. Not too long. I mean, or, yes. or the, they, are a, they are a good program at this stage. Um, this... But I, I just, I don't see, I don't think that they're that good. And, and, it's, and if I'm wrong, then I'm probably wrong on the entire Pac-12. The, the two guys that I look to on this Oregon team who are going to have to have um, big games or at least step up, are two seniors, Chris, uh, Chris Dart Duarte, uh, who had missed some time. He's hit some big shots. I think he had a game winner um, earlier in the season against he was either against Arizona or Arizona State. Uh, and the other one, former St. John's transfers, LJ Figueroa, um, kind of a, a lengthy six six, um, you know, swing guy who could kind of change games defensively with how he handles things, uh, getting into passing lanes and get out on the break. Um, neither one of them going to be super consistent shooting wise, um, but both guys can kind of make a play defensively and, and get them uh, turn their defense into some offense. So, uh, but I'm with you, uh, VCU. I like the I like Highland certainly as a strong guard, um, and I typically pick these 10-7 games to kind of go on. And I don't think either one of these teams can knock off Iowa, even though um, you know Oregon's Oregon's got some. Some size. I don't think there's anybody who can match up with um, Garza or Wieskamp for that matter. Yeah, um, and I would I would say to add to that, um, VCU while they're a very good team um, and they they can run and press, they they do uh, top out at about six eight. They have a seven one kid, um, Brendan Medley Bacon, but um, you know he doesn't get a ton of playing time and he's he's very very raw. Um, so it'd probably be just the type of guy you would throw at Garza to, to get five fouls and, and kind of slow down the game if they were to play Iowa. But I don't think they're going to run into the same problems against Oregon, um, expecting them to beat Oregon. And then uh, and then we'll see what happens when uh, either of the two face Iowa, assuming, of course, that Iowa gets, uh, gets through the Grand Canyon uh, um, antelopes. I think. Yep. Uh, we're the Antelopes. Um, this is not the actually best uh, GCU team that there's been over the past few years. Um, they're, they're a decent team, but 
uh, to me, I think um, they've had a, they've had better teams that didn't make the tournament. So, um, but they are battle tested. They do have games on their slate um, where they played. Uh, they played Arizona State earlier in the year. They played San Francisco. Um, played against uh, played against Colorado. So they do have some games outside of conference. Um, you know, as far as experience wise, but Iowa, um, to me, they. I mean, they have they have seniors, and they have you know th- they have guys with big time experience. Garza obviously um, most likely going to win the Wooden Award. Uh, I think they'll go as far as Joe's, Joe Joe Camp will go, six uh, six swing or or shooting guard. Uh, they also have Jordan Bohannon. Um, I think I saw something the other day where he's had the most games like played in Iowa history or something. He seems like he's been there for a decade. Yeah, um, I, I, but, um, I, he he really does. I remember him for a decade. But they have. Watchy um, comes, ha- comes back next year for his super senior season. Yeah, it, it's 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 certainly possible. Um, if you're a college I, basketball I think... program and you want to win next year, like why not reserve the the, the transfer portal is going to be ridiculous this year with like seniors going to different places because everybody's got an extra year of eligibility. So you really don't know who's going to be good next year and who's not. Truth be told. No, it, it's true. I think the thing that these universities are going to run into is if a guy wants to come back, you don't necessarily want to come back. Yeah, um, and then that's know, what Scott. I mean. That's why I think the transfer portal is going to be wild. And I mean the money thing too, because some of these uh, some of these institutions, at least their athletic departments, are struggling money wise um, from no tournament last year. Might not have a football program with, so maybe they're they're in a tough spot uh, financially to to pay. You know what what their incoming freshman class and then to now pay a senior who wants to come back. It, it's, it's going to be very weird, very weird for sure. Um, as far as this pod, I don't think VCU or Oregon has what it takes to upset Iowa. Um, I, and then, you know, whether we want to jump to the top or not, but I think we're headed potentially to a Kansas, uh, it's chalky, but a Kansas, uh, Iowa matchup. Uh, which would be a hell of a ball. I agree. I mean, I think it'll be interesting, and we'll know a lot more after the weekend um, as concerns what what um, will happen with, obviously, with Kansas and, and Iowa. But, yeah, I, I tend to think even if Drake or Wichita does beat USC, playing against Kansas would be a, a very different matchup for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I don't know if you want to touch on it, uh, but on the top half, I think we're both uh, aligning here that it's it's Gonzaga. Yeah, um, I see Gonzaga, see Virginia, upset. assuming Virginia makes it. Now, if Virginia, for some reason, has to bail out, Louisville steps in and Louisville becomes a four seed. That's one of the wild things about the this uh, alternate yeah. thing. I liked how, um, you know, Louisville at least got the don't call us, we'll call you. Um, Duke got the don't call us, we won't call you. Don't worry. You don't have to. You can call other people. You don't need to leave the phone lines don't, open. We're not calling you. We're, don't. We're not even going to put you on. You're not yeah, even one of the four you're teams not on even hold making here. The alternate list. Uh, yeah, I, I, at the top part, I, I like Gonzaga. Um, and then, if guns to my head, I think uh, we're getting Gonzaga. And you know, I, I think Garza's got enough magic in him where we're going to get the. I think this region might get a legit one-two here, where we get Timmy Timmy against yeah. Garza. Um, I, I tend to agree with you, and I think that'll be how how it plays out. And again, I I think um, Gonzaga will get tested by Oklahoma in the second round, and then I think in the 
in the Sweet 16, whether they're facing Creighton or Virginia, I think it will be a. Uh, I think they'll they'll annihilate either one of those two teams and march easily to the Elite Eight, and then we'll really see Gonzaga play against the top tier team, whether it's Kansas or whether it's Iowa. And again, remember, Gonzaga has actually beaten the two, three, and four seats in their region already this year, and none of them were particularly close games. Yeah. and Although yeah, I will Gonzaga say the certainly. Iowa game, um, Garza did get in a little bit of foul trouble. So if you can keep Garza out of foul trouble, maybe that game plays out a little bit differently if it uh, – if it happens again in the Elite Eight. And and Gonzaga, or Iowa rather, you have to remember their some of their size is missing because they're their six eleven sophomore who could stretch he stretch who could stretch the floor a little bit too, Jack Nunji out for the season. So they don't have um, as much size as they did uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, Patrick McCaffrey, um, I think one of the guys who would have to step in uh, to match up with Timmy, but they're uh, they're they're a little bit smaller than they were in the uh, than in that early matchup against Gonzaga. But I th- I think we both agree Gonzaga. This is, the West region is Gonzaga's to lose. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. And as strong as I and that's as strong as 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 Iowa is as a number two. They've been they started the season as a number five uh, as a fifth ranked team. They're ending the regular season as the, the nationally fifth ranked team. Um, and yeah, they're still they're they're gonna be have they're gonna have their hands full to get out of this region. Same with Kansas. Um, you know, same with Virginia having to overcome whether they even get to practice or not this week. Uh, and then you get to potentially meet Gonzaga in the Sweet 16. Just so, uh, yeah, this is Gonzaga's yeah. region. All right. All right. Um, that will conclude the West region. Uh, make sure you listen to the other pods of the East, South, Mist, and the Midwest regions. This is Bob, uh, Bill and Bob's Bracket Busting Bonanza. Adios, Bob. See you in the East. <laughs>